0: Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. Fantastic. And uh, I I want to start with a scripture that I use a lot right now, Acts 2.17, and then walk right into a couple things I want to share from the reading that that I was given. And uh, we are very blessed at C3 Church to have uh, an amazing pastor Pastors uh, Brandon and Meredith we're very blessed because they uh, they, they live and breathe this it's not an occupation or a uh, it's a calling and it's on their lives 24-7 and streets and hearts I love that, love the theme streets and hearts Acts 2.17 says in the last days so I don't know where you feel like we're at in terms of culture but it does feel a bit tenuous at times come on somebody, right? Now, those of us, and maybe I may be the only one, maybe me and one other, lived through the early mid-60s, but uh, there was a lot of stuff that happened then, too. I know you've seen documentaries, Vietnam, all that. There was a lot of stuff. So this stuff, I want to tell you, it's not unusual, okay? So I, I don't want us to panic like this is the only time there's ever been stuff that happened, okay? So there's been stuff happening it's a euphemism in culture since culture started right so so this word today for us is about this God says in the last days God says I will pour out my spirit upon all people and Texas it's we say all y'all I'll pour out my spirit on all y'all Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Now, this is not gender specific. This is speaking of, and when it says sons and daughters will prophesy, it doesn't mean like a prophetic word, like that gifting, like, you know, like Meredith exercise. It actually means to speak life. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. It means to speak a word. Speak a word. And it means to speak life over your culture. And I believe that what this church is, is established here in historic Southside to do is to speak life into this community and into the sons and daughters so that the children and young men and women who are growing up in this area, Southside, near Southside, historic Southside, that they grow up speaking life over this culture, not saying, oh, it's going to be bad again, right? Speaking life, and that's that's what that says. Young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. And I believe that's where we're at today in culture. And I believe I believe that's what we're in the middle of at C3. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Good word. Good word, God. It's like I'll pour out my spirit. And uh all flesh. And uh fired up. I'm gonna pray in a minute over this. It's gonna be a little story. The theme that we're using right now, do you have that like that theme? Do I get the same thing Brandon gets? Do I get that? Look up! look up. That's our theme right now. Brandon started last week. And uh, look up. So we were hiking around Jenny Lake, which is a, a lake up in uh, the Tetons, right near the Tetons. And so Judy and I, we love the outdoors, love getting out, and, and we do a lot of hiking, walking, all that kind of stuff. So uh, so we're hiking, and some friends of ours from Florida flew up to be with us. And uh, So we're hiking around Jenny Lake, and you know, it's a, it's a, what you'd call a moderate, actually fairly easy hike, but we're coming around one place, and a big log had, tree had fallen down. And it's it's right across the path. I mean, big, like like it's. Large. And uh and you had to duck under it to kind of keep going on the trail, right? And you could see where it had been there for a while. People had put their hands on it. And it kind of smoothed out a little bit, and so. We're going, and we're going out, and so we duck. We all four of us duck under it, and then we take them. Now, the friends with us are Paul and Melanie Buchanan. And after a couple hours hiking out there, we went up and saw some moose, and that was kind of cool. And, and then we're coming back, and uh, and you kind of come up this hill, and then there's that giant log. And as we're coming up the hill, this little ridge, and it gets into a small trail, I'm in the front, and Paul Buchanan, we're both named Paul. Okay, I got that. He's behind me. Got get where he's at? Behind me. So now this tree's here. So I'm right about there, got my hat on, and my beautiful wife yells, Buchanan, look out. Now she said, Paul, we both put a... So I turned to see... What's gonna happen to him? Right? Because and she's concerned about him. I'm her husband. You can and look out. I turn and bam! I mean, I run into that thing. It sounds like, you know how you thump a watermelon to know if it's right? You know that? Pop sound. Bam! And I turn around, I go, what? She goes, well, I wanted him to look up. about anyway funny moment the theme i know i know i was going too fast all right i was too far in front of everybody story of my life all right look up is the theme and you're going to remember that even if you don't remember anything else you remember the pc hitting his head on that log what should we do in our lives look up amen Let's pray over this and try to sanctify this whole moment right now. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for freedom in the house. We thank you for your love, your affection for us, and how passionately you love us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Turn to somebody and just tell them this is going to be really good for you. It's going to be really good. And uh, shout out to the ladies who had an awesome, uh, like, thing, right, Friday night bunch of people at my house, uh, Steve and I went and got some Indian food, and then I got back a little too early, so I stuck in my office, but uh, anyway, I had a great time, and a shout out to my beautiful wife, who it's her birthday today, and uh, it was awesome. We're going to go to Genesis 15, and uh, if you've got your uh, phone or something to take notes with, uh, go ahead and uh, do that. I've got just a couple things I want to mention that I believe will help us in our daily life. Uh, Genesis has the creation, the fall of Adam and Eve. Uh, Noah, the flood. I mean, uh, things got so bad that there was a great flood. God purified the earth. And and then we have this uh, Tower of Babel. Things get messed up again. God divides the languages. And then we have a, a guy named Terah. Terah. And uh, Terah leaves the whole Tower of Babel area and that whole debacle and takes off with his family and he's got a son named Abram. And they get to a certain place about halfway really to the destination that Terah had in his heart. But he's camped and and stayed there. And then Abram gets a word in chapter 12 of Genesis. Abram, the young man, gets a word and the word is, if you'll follow me, I'll take you to your promise. If you'll just get and then that's that thing where it says that Abram trusted God, got up and just left, not knowing where he was gonna go. Not knowing where the road ended up, but knowing that he was going to trust God. God had told him, I'll make you a great nation. And so now Abram arrives in the promised land, he's he's doing well, great things are happening, he becomes one of the wealthiest men in the region. Got a nephew named Lot. Lot's that guy that ends up in Sodom and Gomorrah. Some of us have heard of that story. And uh, and then he goes and rescues his nephew in chapter uh, fourteen. He's got three hundred and eighteen men, well trained men. You know, Jesus didn't come to Earth to write a best selling book. He came to win a war. I just tell you that's who Jesus is. He is strong and he's gentle. He's loving, but he's killed some people. The saying, you understand what I'm saying? In other words, there is within the heart of God, the heart of a father who wants to protect his children, wants you to be fulfilled in your entire destiny. He is a true father. So all of these pictures, the whole Bible, is all about Jesus, and it's all about the, the word of God in order for us to be able to be, Uh, if you will, to fulfill the destiny, the reason that you were placed on the earth. So now, Genesis 15, verse 1. I'm going to read through it. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Now, sometime later, okay, this is that one where, you know how uh, we've always been taught that God's always on time? Right? God's timing's perfect. How many of you would agree with me that God does miss some opportunities to be early? Right? Like, I know you were on time, but it could have been like over here. So sometime later, we don't know what that is. It could have been 100 years. Well, it couldn't have been because Abram was 95. Okay. But maybe 20 years later. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid. This is a theme in the Word of God over and over and over Jesus said to his disciples, and God says to you and me, do not be afraid by the context of culture. Okay? Because, okay, sidebar. I will protect you, and the would will be great. Abram replied, Sovereign Lord, we're good are all your blessings, when I don't even have a son. So now he's been promised a son. You're going to be a father of a great nation. And now, quote, unquote, Sometime later. Sometime later. How many of us love microwaves? Right? Cuz then you don't have some time later. You have now. And that's how most of us live. How many of us <laughs> How many of us like we get on the internet and we're like, "Dang, man, this internet's so slow." And none of us remember dial up. Right? And we're like, "It's not right there." This is how we live. (laughs) We're getting a bunch of, like, people remember the noises. So now, sometime later, he says, I don't even have a son. So maybe 20 years later, he goes, I don't even have a kid. You gave me the promise. And now, I've got this guy, Eliezer of Damascus. He's a servant. He's going to inherit all my wealth. You've given me no descendants, so one of my servants will be my heir. And the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir. I always wondered how Eliezer felt about that. Like, he's thinking, this is going to be awesome. Like, no kid, I got all the, I'm, get, I'm getting it all. Okay, sorry. My mind just goes to those little things. Because these are real people. They really live. That's how you have to read the Bible, right? That's why it applies to my life today. Okay, don't have any descendants. And the Lord said, no, your son will not be heir, for you'll have a son of your own you will be in, who will be your heir. And the Lord took Abram outside and said, what? Come on, help me out. He said, what? Look up into the sky, count the stars, that's how many descendants you'll have. Abram believed the Lord. In other words, let me, let me use another word. He had faith in God. Let me use another word. He trusted him. He believed him. It's okay, I believe you. In other words, he decided to order his life based on his trust. That's where many of us have issues in our life, because trust is extended only to the limit of truth and no further. And when somebody's untruthful, we begin to not trust them. And we've ordered our lives based on somebody's word, and when they didn't keep their word, it's disordered our lives. All right. Abram believed the Lord. The Lord counted him as righteousness because of his what? What does it say? Because of his faith, sorry. (laughs) Because of his faith. Now, uh, later in that same chapter, and just a little sidebar, I want to give you this. It's verse 10 and 11. So Abram cuts covenant with God, and he says, I'm going to, God, I trust you. I believe in the promise. I'm going to do something right now. We're going to cut covenant, blood covenant. It's been in every culture of the world since time began. I want to cut blood covenant. So he's he's got this sacrifice of animals. He's going to have covenant with God. And it says that as he was doing that, he says there were some. It says there were some vultures in the trees. Verse ten, vultures in the trees nearby where he was at. Now, what does Abram has? He has a promise, right? Where is the enemy? Right there in the tree. And then it says the vultures be, came down to steal the covenant, to steal the sacrifice. Verse eleven it says. It says, the vultures came down to steal the sacrifice, and then it says, and Abram chased the vultures away. Who chased the vultures away? Abram did. See, there's a personal responsibility that comes with maturing, with growing up, with being the adult. I, every so often, I have to tell myself, by my, I'll be by myself, and I go, PC, you have to be the adult in the room right now. Right, That's that second like piece of chocolate cake, or whatever it may be. It's like, dude, you, somebody has to be the adult, and I guess it's me. Anybody ever told yourself that? Like, okay, grow up or mature. Maturity doesn't come because you get older. It comes with the acceptance of responsibility. So what Abram did was accept responsibility for the promise that God had given him. Every time you receive a promise, the enemy is going to try to steal it. Everywhere you are, every, we talk about streets and hearts, every street has vultures on it, right? I mean, I almost said, how many of you know that guy? But I won't, I won't say that. Every promise the enemy has an attack, the enemy's always going to try to steal it. Now, Hebrews 11. All right, we're going to go through this. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for, the evidence of things we cannot see through faith of people in days of old or in their good reputation. By faith, by what? By trusting God, by being in agreement with his word, by believing him. By faith, we understand the entire universe formed at God's command. What we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. By faith, Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. That's why we have this first covenant. Pictures for us of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. It's pretty cool. I mean, that's pretty cool. Enoch and Elijah, two men, the only two people who never died. It's pretty pretty strong. He disappeared because God took him. Before he was taken up, he was known as a person who did what? What's it say? Who pleased God. It's impossible to please God without faith, trust, believing in him. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists, and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith Noah built a large boat. He obeyed God. By faith Noah condemned uh, by his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home. Uh, Abraham, uh, verse 10, Abraham was confidently looking forward to its city with eternal foundations. Confident expectation is the definition of hope. Verse 11, it was by faith that even Sarah uh, was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. Verse 12, so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Now, I'm going to go back to one guy. And uh, this is just the the picture of what I wanted for us to take away. Aside from, (laughs) look up Buchanan. Um, Is Enoch. It's an amazing thing. I mean, think about this. Have you ever seen a book written about Enoch? There's books about Paul the Apostle. There's books about Billy Graham. There's books about great men and women of faith. Books about Mother Teresa. There's books about all these people. not a book about Enoch. And yet Enoch was such an amazing, remarkable man that God took him. By faith, this man lived by faith. It says by faith he can't please God. Let me just, just sidebar something right here. By faith we're in this gallery today. This is, uh, I call it the lobby, and I made a mistake last week. Yeah, I got corrected. It's the gallery. Gallery. And the room that's in there that's the was a warehouse for the construction company that was in here, uh, that's going to be our auditorium. Seat about 240 people. It's going to be amazing. All of this, and, and I just want to reiterate what was already said, uh, all of this has been purchased. This is bought. This is this is, uh this is our building. C3 Church owns the building. I just don't want us to forget that it's because we've been moving. We've been like Abram in a tent, right? From place to place to place. And now, sword in the ground right here, own the building. Is that awesome? $3.1 million. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear, like, dude, you hear one of those also? It's like, really? Yep so it takes, and not only that, it's already worth more than that. Is that right, Steve? So we're here by faith, and because Pastor Brandon and, and Pastor Walt Landers and other people who had faith in this church came together, and Steve and, and David and all of the team put this thing. By, they were working what? By faith, trusting God. So we're living, I mean, we're, we're sitting in a work of faith. It's going to be awesome. And now the next step of faith for all of us is it's going to take $180,000 to make that auditorium work. Is that right? $180,000. How many of us love air conditioning? How many of us want it in there? (laughs) Sound system, air, lights, all the stuff you've got to have, $180,000. Is that right? That's what Brad told me. So all of us, we need to pray together, work together, call your wealthy uncle. Right, But I just want to say again, I, I love what God's doing at C3 Church Fort Worth because this building is not about the building, it's about the streets and hearts of this city. Amen? And Pastor Brandon brings that to us all the time, and everybody that steps up here does the same thing. I believe that out of this place uh, will not just come a slogan of streets and hearts, but a lifestyle. Take Jesus to every street and every heart. Amen? Back on Enoch. Enoch's this amazing guy. I want to give you just a few things out of his life. It says he pleased God. In another part, in Jude, it says that that he walked with God, pleased God, and he spoke life. It says that he was uh, 65 years old and he had a son named Methuselah. All right? Now, Enoch, it says he walked with God. It says that in Genesis 5. It says he walked with God 365 years. When he's 65 years old, he has Methuselah. Now watch this. He lived, his grandson was Noah. Now catch the context of the culture. Enoch lived in a culture that was so uh, jacked up that that God eventually just like filtered the thing. Right? He just goes, no, we're going to flush it. We're going to do this thing over. That's what the flood did. Right? That's what God did. So that's Enoch. Enoch lives just a little bit before that. And yet, the Bible says he pleased God, walked with God. And let me give you what, I wrote down a, a little theme. I thought, man, this is, this is great. This is his biography. Three lines. Enoch pleased God, walked with God, and Enoch was not. Please God walked with God was not. Now, when when the Bible says he walked with God, it doesn't mean hey, where are you going? Store, great, I'll walk with you. It means uh, an intimacy of agreement that walking together is is if you will like a marriage. They're walking together. That's what it means. They're walking together. They're in. Unity. First thing about Enoch, he was in agreement with God. He was in agreement with God. He was, An agreement doesn't mean there aren't moments of friction. Come on, somebody. Right? It means you just said, you just made a determination, I'm going to walk with God no matter what happens. See, that's why when you get up in the morning, you don't have to think about, do I want to go do the stuff I'm supposed to do? You just do it. Why? Because that's who you are. Because you decided to be the grown-up in your life. Amen. Agreement is a place of power. It's a place of mutual trust. It, it takes grit to stay in agreement. Agreement. Uh, secondly, Enoch was intimate with God. Intimate, intimacy is where God wants us to be. With him. When he made creation, he spoke a word and creation happened. But then, But then the next thing he did, right? All the... All the earth and all the all the sky and the sea, the next thing he did was he created mankind. What did he do then? What did he do? Did he just speak it and there boom? There we were. No. It says he reached down and with his hands, he took some dirt and created us and then brought us close and blew life in us. In other words, we were made with his hands. We were made to be intimate with God. That's why, that's why this these times of Getting together like this, you can't, and, and uh, love to all the people watching online, you know, we got a number of people around the world who watch this church online, so uh, give them a hand. It's good to have you guys watching this. It's awesome. But I must tell you, there's, there's nothing like nonverbal cues to know where you're at, and you can't do that on Zoom. You can't, there's no fragrance, there's no... Uh, You know, uh, you can't check the temperature. There's no nonverbal cues. I believe that's why we're supposed to. There's no touch, right? So Zoom works at some level, but after a while, it's just a bunch of little people in these boxes. That's why we gather together, because we're not just little people in boxes. Each of us has a unique and powerful and wonderful and specific destiny You were placed on earth for. Enoch was uh, intimate with God. Number three, he was at peace with God. Number four, he lived different than the world. He didn't, he didn't, I don't think Enoch ran around waving a flag going, I'm different. I think he just lived and everybody noted it. I don't think you have to walk around waving a large Bible. I think you just live as a person, as a woman of integrity in a world of chaos and people will know you're different just keep showing up in your faith keep showing up and doing the right thing and here's the other deal he just kept showing up made up his mind I'm just going to keep showing up and even though he may have messed up because he's human he still pleased God why because he said you know what even if I mess up I'm going to keep walking with you father even if I do the wrong thing I'm going to keep walking with you even if I it's like the whole repentance thing we just talked about a simple message, Enoch pleased God, walked with God, Enoch was not. Now the was not part's kind of cool because that's like an intimacy with God. There's a, a guy named Vince Lombardi, a uh, football season started this week, I didn't even know it, it just kind of happened. Usually I'm paying attention, but I'm a Cowboys fan, so I stopped paying attention. I know, there's always this year, I know, I know. All right, Packers, I'm sorry, Kansas City. Um, There was a guy named Vince Lombardi, and Vince Lombardi was uh, coach of the Green Bay Packers years ago, and he would show up at the start of every season. He would pull out a football, and he would say, gentlemen, this is a football. And he would start with the basics, because the basics are how they won games and became a dynasty. Doing the basics, blocking, tackling, gentlemen, this is a football. And he would start with those basics and say, this is what we do. We take this and we move it here or we stop the other guys from moving Just basics. And sometimes in the chaos of this, this culture and in the grand culture that we live in, we can get caught up with all these distractions and all these things and all God says is, listen, just walk with me. Trust me. Believe me. Have faith in me. Just do that. Start with the basics and live a championship life. What Vince Lombardi taught us was preparation is proof you expect something good to happen. Preparation. Now here's the deal. The will to win, because you hear the announcers go, man, those guys really wanted that game. Well, they both wanted the game, right? Otherwise they wouldn't have showed up. Boy, they really had the will to win. No, the will to win is not, wins, is not what wins a game. It's the will to prepare to win that wins the game. So in our lives, like Enoch, please God, intimate with God, walking with him, showing up. He trusted him, believed him. Abram trusted him, believed him, said, I'll just go. What does that mean? I'll just do the basics. Father, I'm just going to obey you, trust you, love you. I know you've got your best. Your, your heart for me is my best. Prepare to win. Do the basics. Get in the Word. Trust Him. Walk with God. Be intimate with Him. We need some men and women who are like Enoch. Come on, somebody. Stand with me right now. Lord is what? Look up. Look up. Trust Him. Psalm 24-7 says this, Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory will come in. Who is this King of Glory? Read it with me. The Lord strong and mighty. That's not up there. We got it? We don't got it? We don't got it. I'll say it and then you repeat it. You ready? The Lord strong and mighty. Say it. Say it again. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads. Look up. He is the Lord who is strong and mighty. God didn't place you on the earth so that somehow, some way, you might just kind of get along and get to the end of it. God placed you on the earth to live a championship life. To be an Enoch. To walk with God. To please him. To honor him be a man of resilience and grit, a woman of integrity, intestinal fortitude, and we just get up every day and say, Father, I thank you for what you've done in my life. I thank you for your intimacy, your strength, your power, your grace towards me. I'm going to get up and just do life. Do life. Do what I'm supposed to do, what I was called to do. God loves you with a passion. If there is any chance that today you're here and you say, I don't even know if I'm walking with God. I don't know. I feel like I've been walking by myself. The beauty of becoming a follower of Jesus Christ is not about heaven. It's about what happens in your heart here on earth. Confident hope. Freedom in your mind. Clearness of thought. Clarity of, of purpose. Every single promise that God gave to us in this Bible belongs to those who are followers of Jesus Christ. Every promise. The antithesis of that is that not one promise belongs to those who are not following, walking with, believing in, trusting in, and have committed their lives to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I don't care if Psalm 23 is on your refrigerator, you know, on your dashboard, promises of God belong to those who are in Christ so today as we pray this is an opportunity for you to say to God and then maybe later to Meredith or to Mallory or to to, uh, Shane or T or somebody else to say hey you know what I I trusted God today I really want to follow Christ tell Steve and Linda hey would you pray with me I want to follow Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior I want that I want to please God walk with Him. As we pray right now, it's a very simple step of obedience that solves the complex issues of life. Let's pray together right now. And would everyone follow me in this prayer? Dear God, everybody pray it out loud. Dear God, God. thank you for being my Father. Thank you for for loving me. Thank you for your sending your Son, Jesus. And I thank you that because of the cross, I can be forgiven. And that today, I can move out of the brokenness of my past into the joy of my future as I follow Jesus Christ. So right now, here in this place, I declare before all of heaven and all of earth, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Father, I want to please you. I thank you for loving me, forgiving me, and I want to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.